Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of God's Love Podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest. He is a man who went through a lot of down only to be touched by God's grace and get back up. He went from being homeless to owning an impressive church in Indiana and being part of a wonderful community. He has taught me many things that helped me in my own story. He has made it his mission for his church to not only share the gospel, but also give back in many ways around the community. I am so excited to have someone who has not only helped me, but many others on their journey to God. Let's talk with today's guest, Senior Pastor of Relevant Church, So In, Maurice Ball. I'm doing good. How are you? I am I am awesome. I am awesome. <laughs> Look at you don't 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 blew up, then got your own little podcast and you know, went from a YouTube channel. I see you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of God's Love Podcast. So today I'm here with Senior Pastor of Relevant Church, so in Maurice Ball. So hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am awesome. I am. I ain't got no choice but to be. That's great. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you got started in starting a church and how you became so close with God? Um, starting a church actually came out of uh, church hurt. It came out of uh, being hurt by the church, being in a bad place with the church and being frustrated with what the church was doing or not doing. And what ended up happening was in the middle of me transitioning out of my, out of the church that I was in, um, and just asking God, like, why I don't I don't see the fruit coming from church like I should have, or, or like I desired. Um, I don't want to be a part of the institution. And then in that in that moment, God said, "Start a church." And I was just kind of like, I don't agree with that. Um, I don't want to become what I see. And yeah, I said, "Well, you will become what's inside of you." And so um, that's pretty much how this whole church plans thing started back in 2012 but my relationship with God started uh, about 20 uh let's see 22 years ago um wow. I was in a place in uh Fayetteville North Carolina and just broken and lost and just kind of searching and then I bumped actually how I ended up getting saved was I was turning the tv and I seen um this pastor on there and he had on a really nice suit and back then I was really into fashion. I was really into dressing nice and hadn't, you know, doing my color coordinations and things like that. And he had on his suit that had this really good color coordination and combination to it. And I was just sitting there looking at him like, man, that's a nice suit. But he was explaining salvation. Yeah. And so, so I was sitting there and I was like, wow, that's really simple uh, how he explained that and not what I've been told or what I've seen over the course of years on you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to look like this. You got to have this. You got yeah. all these other little things that come into you getting into a relationship with God that keeps most people. He explained it pretty simple. And then my mentor at the time was like, hey, man, I'm having a family and friends day at church. Why don't you come? And um, I was like, OK. And then when the pastor got to the point to where he was doing the altar call, I had already made up in my mind that I was going to I was going to be a part of this because now I heard salvation explained very simply 
and um, it was it was a no brainer at that point. And, yeah. Uh, once I got saved, I got saved. So I didn't get saved once, then only to go back and get saved again. It, I've been I've been going in uh, for the last twenty two years, and it's been a it's been a wild ride. Wow. So you were saying um, that you know you kind of went to that altar call and stuff. So what? What like what do you do at your church? Because I know at some other churches they don't do altar calls. They, you know, raise your hand. <laughs> so I am against the raise the hand thing completely. So it, I'll explain to you what happens when when somebody actually takes that 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 um, leap of faith and walk out and walk down in front of people. Yeah, you're clearing hurdles of fear. So how you enter in one thing is how you proceed into it. So if you enter into your relationship with God, passive, passive, aggressive, and uh, very timid, and I just tell you to raise your hand and not give you the opportunity to step out and build your faith in that walk, that's how you're going to approach your relationship with God. So for me, being able to actually step out and know that everybody was looking at me, but not caring and clearing all those hurdles and all those barriers, all that fear that keeps people to say, okay, I'm just going to stand right here and raise my hand. Um, So if when you come to my church and you get, I'm calling you out, you coming down. I need, I don't, I don't do the whole, let's just stand here and everybody do it. Now there are some occasions where I do that, but if, if you're feeling led and I tell people, I understand if your hands are sweating and your heart's beating fast then God is talking to you and don't feel any kind of way that know that if you make that decision, that the angels are rejoicing and everybody in here who had a relationship with God or has a relationship with God had to take these same steps in order to be in that, in the relationship with him. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not with the, just raise your hand where you are kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So like, what's the, I'm not going to be like, what's your backstory, but kind of like, what's your backstory and how did you Mm -hmm. come to like find Christ? Okay, so um, that's interesting. So when I was 17, my my homeboy got saved and he was like, yo, it, well, he ran to all of us like, hey, y'all all going to hell. Um, and we were like, we can't invite him to nothing else because he's trying to <laughs> pull it out. He and he's out of the group? <laughs> yeah, like, mm, no. And um, but that was when I was 17. So he came and planted the seed at 17. I actually didn't get saved until 26. And and that was the whole story that I just told you. So so from 17 to 20 to the time that I walked into that church and received Jesus, there was a lot of stuff just going on. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't go to church. Church wasn't important. And when I did go to church, it was a super traditional, super religious, uh, super hypocritical church. And it was church all day. So my grandparents would go to church at eight o'clock in the morning, come back at four, only to leave at 4.30 to be there to eight. And I was like, church don't, it don't take all that. And so I had an option, either go and be in church all day or stay back on my grandparents' kind of farm and do farm work. So I chose farm work. I mean, (laughs) I'm like, I, I can't go and sit in church all day. And then I would always get in trouble in church. And that's the thing I didn't understand. Like I would, my grandmother was old school. She would beat you in church. And so, um, so I stayed, I stayed getting beatings in church 
And, and I was just like, I'm just being me. So church would have this perception of that. I couldn't come and be myself yeah. or I was going to get in trouble. And so I didn't really like that. So I just chose not to go. And then my, my dad didn't really push the issue. And I can tell you, I probably, I probably went to church probably once or maybe twice my whole time in high school. And that twice is pushing it. Um, so it wasn't a big thing. It wasn't uh, a real important part of my, of me growing up. And yeah. so um, when I found the truth of it and it became real to me, it, it was, you know, I was 26. So, yeah. Wow. So COVID and everything happened, which was mm -hmm. a year, but um, so how did that like affect you know, your Christianity or your church or kind of your family? Um, it really didn't, it didn't really affect us at all because we started off online. We started off being, um, we started off just trying to reach the masses as much as we possibly can uh, outside the building. So for us, it didn't, it didn't slow us down. Uh, it changed some things as far as like how you do community and I'm, I'm real big on outreach and, and, and getting out into the streets and touching lives um, from whatever walk of life. And it just kind of threw me off a little bit, not being able to effectively go out in the community and do something. Cause there was, there was nothing that you really could do when it came to COVID. You know, you had to be, I had to one, be mindful of my family and protect them, but I also had to be mindful of myself and me protecting other people in the community. So that was the hardest thing for us when it came to just how we're structured as a church and how we like to get outside the four walls and how we like to push the envelope in the community and how we like to be in the forefront of things in the community. That's, that that um, hurt more than not being able to gather. Yeah. As far as like church stuff. And, um, but we figured out a way to, to reach people the best way we knew how. Um, practicing all the, the protocols and things like that. Um, we didn't do as much over the, the last year as we would have normally done or we would have liked to done, but we actually still were, was able to get in the community and impact, impact people. Um, as far as our church, um, we just, I pushed everybody to just going online and just doing, just doing the online thing. It, it just became a lot easier and now I think people are so uh, used to being the church at home. Yeah. When it's time to go back to the building, it's kind of like, oh, you know, um, I can sit here in my pajamas and catch the word. But yeah, uh, I, I am looking forward to being able to go back into the building and fellowship and things like that. So that's good. Yeah. So yeah. why is why is outreach and, you know, helping your community such a big deal to you? Well, I, it's part of the church. Um, see, I think the way the church is structured, you can't have discipleship without evangelism. They kind of go hand in hand. It's one side of the plane is one wing and the other side of the plane is the other wing. So if you are not out evangelizing, then who are you discipling? And how are people who are far away from God who will never step foot in your church or step foot in the church, how are they getting the gospel preached to them? And I'm not just talking about... Um, uh, at-risk communities. I'm talking about affluent communities as well. See, yeah. when we do outreach, most outreach only go into communities where they have more stuff than the community that they're going into. 
I personally go into all communities. I go into people who got more stuff than I got. Why? Because Jesus needs to be preached in those circles as well. Yeah. And so uh, to be able to show people the love of God, to show, to be able to be, to show his compassion, to be able to cast his net and get people to get into the net, we actually have to be where people are. Um, so many times church try to get people to the church and then evangelize and try it in their safe zone and their comfort zone. And I'm like, well, no, if you want the word to be real in your life, you have to actually go out and practice this outside of the church so that it can become tangible and real to you. And that's just part of the discipleship process that at some point, God wants us to be able to stand on our own. And if church was to close down, the mission of going and preaching the gospel to all the world or preaching the kingdom into all the world uh, still is required of us. Yeah. And so that's why I do outreach is that so that people can take what we hear and then go apply it. And then they, they can start to build their confidence in their walk with God. Wow. That's powerful. Okay. So I know that, you know, we met when you were actually down here in Alabama. And mm -hmm. so now you're Illinois, I feel like. I am in Southern Indiana. Okay. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, close. So, uh, it's in United States. There we go. Yeah, it's somewhere there. Yeah. So you've moved and traveled pr a mm -hmm. lot. So yeah. why? You know, um, here's the thing about, about my wife and my family. We follow God, and that that is uh, that puts us in positions to where we like. I'm originally from here, from Indiana, mm -hmm. but I told God when I left, I wasn't coming back. I told God I didn't want to live in Alabama, and I mean, you know, and Alabama was one of the most impactful uh, places in my life. It was hard for me to leave Alabama the three years that we were there. Prior to that, we were in Atlanta, and then we were in Charlotte. And so when you're following God, God will just pack you up and tell you to go somewhere. Yeah. And it's not always the most convenient thing, but here's the thing about God. And, and if you trust him, he always, he always pay for what he orders. So if he is directing your path or moving you into a place, I may not understand why I need to be like, I didn't understand why I needed to be in Birmingham the, the backstory to how we ended up in Birmingham, I yeah. didn't understand it. I just knew that God was doing something in Birmingham. And when I got there, I was like, okay, God, I, I see it. I didn't understand the process of why he wanted us to come back to Indiana because we had an opportunity to go back to Charlotte. And God, it, it requires no faith to go to a place that you've already been. If you've already been down this road, there's no faith. We would have jumped back in life even though we had been gone from Charlotte for six years, we would have jumped back in life like, like we never left. It requires no faith for that. So if God is trying to move, he was trying to move us into a different space of faith. We, and so he had to shift our surroundings because what could happen is God can become Manila. You, you know, like you ever seen a, well, I'm pretty sure you like, your mom used to come in, into your room and say, hey, clean the room. And you're like, what? It ain't dirty. And she's like, yes, well, because she's an outsider coming in, seeing something that is not, that's out of order, right? Yeah. Because to you, you see it all the time. It was like, it didn't bother you. It's and picked so up. That's how, I mean, you know, and so, 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 so like I got, so that's how God is. Like he'll put you in a position to where 
if every if he if the things he's doing start to blend in, then he has to either change the situation or move you. You know, and so that's what he's did. So that's why it's been easy for us to move. And if God tells us to pack up and move again, we have no problems with doing it because we know that wherever he tells us to go, he's going to, his provision is going to be there for us. And that's going to be something for us to do. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that's nice for me to hear because my mom and my brother are like ready to get out of Alabama. And so I've like allowed them to be like, okay, let me graduate first. But <laughs> they're both like, I'm so done with Alabama. And so it's funny because we're trying to decide, you know, like where to move and all of this. And we're like, where, like, where are we supposed to go? Because we're not big travelers. And so that's, you know, that's kind of nice to hear. <laughs> you know, and here's what, here's the thing is, uh, it, and it may be off the beaten path for y'all. It may not be something, it may, it, it may come up and he, he, he may say Indiana, he may say Tennessee, he may say, he may say North Carolina, but you have to be willing to say, okay, God, we're going to be obedient because the, this whole walk with God from wherever you are, and it's about obedience. It's not about just hearing and then saying, okay, I heard that God. Because two things, if God speaks to you, you can't unhear what you didn't heard. And if he shows you something, you can't unsee it. Yeah. So, you know, it, and, and he's going to hold you accountable for that. So why not be accountable for the obedience of it as opposed to saying, God, okay, I heard you. And now nah, I don't want to move to, yeah. to Scranton, Ohio or something <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, um. Oh, I just had a question on my mind. Okay. Um, it was just there. I just lost it. That's great. <laughs> um, I, I have no idea. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. So tell us, you know what, just tell us a little bit more about yourself then. Um, so, so I'm, I'm married. I got a child. Um, and he's the same age as you. Actually, you're probably older than him, but y'all are in the same grade. Um, he hasn't turned 16 yet. He would be 16 um, in September. And, um, you know, one of the interesting things about being a, he's a pastor's kid. And traditionally, if you go look up pastor's children, you know, uh, I'll just say from my experience before I got saved, if somebody was t turning the party up and getting turned and getting lit, it was always the pastor child. Yep. You know? <laughs> the, the, the wow, out of the, out of the. That box. was the best kid. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, oh, we going to hang out with them. Cause they got, yeah. yeah, yeah. They know how to get down. Um, but what's funny is he's not like that because of, because of the era I grew up in, in the nineties, I still operate in that kind of that, like I'm not trying to be cool you know like I'm yeah. not trying to fit in it's just what I do you know it's like I don't go buy Jordans just to kind of fit in with him I grew up wearing Jordans you know what I'm saying so yeah it's like I grew up talking hip-hop I grew up talking slang I grew up so I'm it's easy for me to relate to him and be a cool pastor and allow him to be who he is without trying to put any restrictions on him like, you got to live like this. You got to be like this. You got, you can't do this. You can't listen to, you can't listen to that crazy music that you listen to. Now I don't say none of that. I mean, I, 
I, I just like, I, mean, I don't want to hear all the cussing when you listening to it. I listen to a wedding so I could be relevant and know what's going on in the culture. But yeah, um, he's not that. He, we're not that. Um, I'm not that pastor, and he's not that kid. You know, so yeah. Um, and and it allows me. And I don't even tell people I'm a pastor. Honestly, um, it, they when they find out, they be like, "You're a pastor?" I'm like, "Yeah." I just kind of keep it <laughs> low key because the moment you find moment, the moment people find out that you're a pastor, what they want to do is put me in a box, or they don't want to be themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, I need you to be yourself because I'm gonna be me. You know, so if you cuss, cuss, it ain't offending me. I don't care about that stuff, you know, like, yeah, but let's let, let, I allow him to be himself. I allow, I meet people where they are and I don't, you know, judge your lifestyle because at one point I was on the backside of this thing and, you know, I need God's grace just as much as you need it (laughs) or the unsaved person needed as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you just said uh, you want to like stay relevant and I know relevant church is the name of your church. And so mm-hmm. why did you decide relevant? Okay. So uh, when I was in Birmingham, the name of our church was forward and our mission was to move people forward from an old mindset into a new mindset of what God was doing. So when we got here to Indiana, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a, where God had put on my heart to be at was already a forward church in the area. And so I was like, well, it can't be two forward churches in the the area. So I've been praying. I was like, God, what's the, what is the name of this ministry? Which it it doesn't really mean too much, but it means something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, I just want to be relevant to the culture. I want to be relevant to the community. I want to be relevant to what we're doing I want to I want the gospel to be relevant and it was like bing relevant church yeah we want to stay relevant to whatever where wherever we are from from a culture standpoint and and so that's how I end up coming up with relevant and you know I prayed about it and um got the mission and the vision for it and then we pulled the trigger and here we are a year later almost uh, not even a year later um it'll be a year September so wow so how are y'all doing like is it I don't want to be like is it a good sized church but like numbers <laughs> so so what happened with us so we have the traditional uh church planning story right like mm-hmm. we started off in our basement we outgrew our basement and then we got into a building so we got the typical uh, now it didn't happen it, as easy as it sounds. It was yeah. a lot of leg work. Like you know, that's what gets me when I go to hear conferences and they're like, "Yeah, we just started yesterday, and then the next day we had like sixty people." No, it ain't that easy. You, it, it is some groundwork. But we end up outgrowing our basement and going into a, a building, and then COVID hit. So like from September, we went, we moved into the building, and did we. We started in September, moved in the building in December. So from December till, I guess, March, middle of March, we were gaining traction. We were doing things in the community. We were um, we were forming a, a, a team. We were building community within the church. And then it stopped. And so, um, and, and, I mean, it was kind of a good thing because our reach now, I reach, not only do I reach the people that are local, the reach goes out further. And so um, I'm in the process of reestablishing a leadership team right now to relaunch the church probably in August. So 
Wow. We'll, 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 we'll keep doing what we're doing, staying relevant in the community, doing our, our outreaches. And with uh, Corona kind of starting to come to some kind of, uh, with things around us starting to come to some kind of normalcy, then I think people are going to be more apt to get out. So we're going to just be prepared for um, people wanting to get back in church because I know a ton of people that want to get out, get back out in church and get back into the fellowship of things. Yeah. So, so yeah. That's cool. Um, so, you know, you mentioned your son, Isaiah. So what, you know, what kind of, because you're a pastor, what do you uh, hope that he does? I, I'm constantly telling him to find the thing that he's passionate about so that we can start pushing him to that. Um, right now, he, he says he, he has a passion for basketball. Um, he has a passion for cooking. So he'll be going to a uh, magnet school next year um, to take culinary for the next two years. And when he graduates, he'll, he'll be able to, you know, at least go do some culinary work. But our whole thing is I want him to be what God has, what, what God wants him to be. Um, if it's a pastor, great. If it's not, I'm okay with that. If it's a doctor, great. If it's not, I'm okay with that. But I just want him to find that thing that he loves, that he can't live without, that, that, that you know, when he's not doing it, that it, it bothers him. And yeah. I just want him to be able to grab that and run with it. And then we can push all our resources into that um, into you become into him becoming the best at whatever that is. So, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm just waiting to see it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, find that thing. And, and I'm trying to force it on him. I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to force it on him. And, and it's just, he's just not, it's just not, he, his brain process hadn't clicked yet to what it really is. He's talented in a lot of things. And this is part of the challenge that I have is things come to him so easy. Like he can sing, he can play music, he can dance, he does gymnastics, he plays basketball, he plays football, he's played volleyball. I mean, uh, but there's nothing that he that that he's grabbed because all that stuff comes so easy to him that he had to really dig in and work for. And it's, yeah. a, and it's a, the blessing of him being talented, but the curse side of it is he doesn't put the, the effort into it anything because it all comes so easy to them. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what advice would you give someone who, like, what advice would you give someone who has kind of been through the same thing that you have in life or are wanting to start a church or what's just some advice? Um, for somebody that's been through kind of the path that I took to get to Christ, uh, I would say um, be open to having your heart changed because it's so easy to get calloused over, over some time. And even in like your short time in your life, there's some things that you could have been trusting God for or depending on God for that didn't happen that could actually start to put a callous on your heart and you become callous towards, towards him. And so just being able to say, allow, allow the not allow your heart to be turned or be hardened towards him and towards what he's doing. Cause the word tells us that all things work for the good for those who are called according to his purpose and who love him. And so you got, and, and so it's, it's easy to take offense, especially 
if somebody that you uh, one of your loved ones die and you're questioning God, like why did they have to die or why did we have to lose this or why did this happen or why this all, it's don't let your heart harden. Know that you may not have the uh, you may not have the full details or the full plan right off the bat, but know that God is always working on your behalf and it all and everything that he does is pushing you into who he's designed you to be. Um, as far as church planting, there's, um, I will say, one, you got to know that you called to do this. This is not something that, you know, I know some people that was like, oh, I think being a pastor would be cool. Nah, that ain't, that yeah. ain't this. <laughs> you know, you, you got to, you got to know that you're called to do this. And that comes with just spending a lot of time in prayer, spending a lot of time kind of hearing what God has called you to do. But if you decide to plant a church, it's a whole lot easier now than it was a year ago. Um, because if you have more than one person following you on Facebook, you got a congregation and you don't actually have to go into all the other stuff that, that you would have had to do a year ago to plan a church. It's like, Hey, I, you can get one or two people, somebody to, you can do it all by yourself actually. So I just say, say that you call, don't, don't create your own hurdles. Um, get around some people that, that you can that you can kind of glean from and get some insight from. And then there's a ton of resources out, out here to actually help you plan a church. So uh, find the resources, get connected with some people that's kind of moving in the same vein as you that may not be doing, may not do it the way that you do it, but you can at least get some insight and some, um, some good wisdom from people and uh, just do it. Yeah. Don't create the excuse. Just do it. Yeah. All right. So before and, and I just want to share this with you. I'm so proud of you. I, I really am. Thank you. I, I see, I see your grind. I see your hustle. I see it. You know, um, I was one of your first followers on YouTube <laughs> and, uh, and um, your mom was like, Hey, she started. I was like, I'm following her and you were doing makeup stuff. And, um, and, and, and to, for you to be where you are now, um, don't ever give up that that drive and that passion and that desire. Don't, don't let somebody ever talk you out of being great. Don't let, don't let the, don't let whatever words come off the mirror at how you see yourself and define you start replacing the words with what God says about you and who God says that you are so that you will, you won't peek out or you won't tap into your full potential. So I'm really excited to see where this goes and what happens. And I'm, I'm honored that you wanted to wanted to chop it up with me for a few minutes, and um, I am just I just pray that your success, and I pray that you just you follow God regardless of who's with you or who's not. You be the trailblazer, and it don't eagles don't fly in packs. Thank you. Um, so, is there anything else that you want to say before we end this episode? Um, well, y'all can follow me on uh, Instagram at c. Maurice Ball. Um, that's just the letter C, Maurice Ball. Um, you can follow our church at Relevant Church So In on all social media platforms. And um, you can download our church app if you'd like to stay connected to us at Relevant Church Indiana out of the Google Play and the Apple Store. Alrighty. So thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you so much for being on this episode. Uh, we love having you. So that's going to be it for today's episode. All his links and all his information will be in the description box and so will ours. 
But thank you so much for joining us. And I hope everyone has a good day. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the God's Love Podcast. I have so much fun speaking with people and hearing about their journeys to God. And I hope that someone really learned something from this episode. Because I know I did. So don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Marina Moore or the podcast at God's Love Podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave comments to see what you love. I want to give a shout out to this episode's guest. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I also want to give a shout out to you guys who are listening because y'all are the best. So thank you so much for listening to the God's Love Podcast.